Siri, what's the score in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game? The Buccaneers and the Lions are tied with 10 each, with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter in the NFC Divisional Playoff. Interesting. Is this uh, for, like, to know who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl? What? No. When do they tell us? What, what? Like, it's coming up, isn't it? What do you it? mean, what do they, when do they tell us? Like, do you think the super, this NFL thing is rigged? Like, they just tell us who's going to be there? I don't know. No. Listen, they, all I know is that they pick two people. It they seems don't pick to be, anybody. <laughs> it seems to they be play, random this year. They play for the honor. You know, I think it's like wrestling. I think they pick. <laughs> Welcome to the Altered Podcast. Join us each week as we honor God and the things that He does. <sighs> but I really don't know. She really doesn't. We actually just had this conversation. When, like, I know so the whoever, Super Bowl is supposed to be in February, okay. but like, when did they tell us? So, oh gosh. Okay. So you have <laughs> games. You have games inside the regular season. Okay. Which wins and losses add up. Okay. And if you have enough wins um, compared to the other teams, you get put into the thing called the playoffs. So is that the, what this is? This is what we're in now. Oh, okay. So the playoffs, right? So you start in the wild card round. So the people who have lower wins fight, not fight. They, I'm sorry. I got to be very clear here. <laughs> they they play football, and whoever wins goes on to what they call the divisional round, which means somebody in their division they're playing against, which is what is being done today. Okay. And the winner of those two games will go on to the conference championship. So the, on each side, there's two conferences, and all those teams will play up to have two teams in the conference championship. And whoever wins the conference championship goes to play each other in the Super Bowl. So is that next weekend? So next weekend is the NFC and the AFC championship game, so the conference championship games. And whoever wins those two games will go to the Super Bowl. So next week, But don't week they we'll only have out. like a – is it a week or two weeks? Two, two, three weeks. It's is, like February Is that enough or something. time to prepare for the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean, you should be preparing all year long for the Super Bowl. You know, for their tactical maneuvers and dives and like. But there is chance. a theory. So. Oh, Ben's like a snake over there. But there is a theory. <laughs> Speak possible. There is a. <laughs> there is a theory out there that it's rigged. Yes. Yes. Th- that they will release a logo with the colors. Of the Super Bowl being the colors of the teams playing in the Super Bowl. <gasps> so they released the, uh, I don't even know what Super Bowl this is, but whatever number Super Bowl this is, and they released it with the red and the uh, kind of the bluish, purplish um, colors yeah. to say that the NFL has rigged it to be the San Francisco 49ers versus the uh, Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. If that happens, I mean, it is pretty daggone weird because like the last four Super Bowls have been like that. Yeah. Well, see, I, I didn't hear it was the 49ers. I don't know how I heard it. I heard it was Buccaneers and Ravens. Which is the same colors. Say, yeah. So, But yeah. we'll find out today because they're tied with the Detroit Lions. Ugh. The My Green Bay Packers lost last night yeah. by a point. Yeah. Man, then <laughs> that rough. I'm a little upset. That's so the cheesy. worst when you're <laughs> – That's the worst when you play in a game and you lose by a point because, I mean, any, any choice could have made yeah. the difference. Well, yeah, Jordan Love threw a pick on the first drive. But yeah. – this is not a podcast about sports, which I would love to do one if I have any listeners who do that. Yeah, buddy, I don't know anything about sports. I, well, I don't know enough to do a podcast. I sure. really don't. So you I mean, can, you and Dana that, should do it. That would be the funny if part. If it was about board games, oh, it would be on. It would be awesome to hear Dana just frustrate you all the time about sports. <laughs> but let's talk about what we are actually talking about for today. Yeah. So today, speaking of victories. I get to declare moral victory over Hunter because we're talking about the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, and if you look, there's even a point in the plan that says, 
Some will believe and fall away. Here we go. And so we're going to talk just a little bit about the parable of the sower today. So, and honestly, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about it. Have but you guys ever gardened before? <clears throat> yes, I um, have. I have. Thanks to my dad. Thanks to, yeah, you and your dad, actually. Well, and I guess mom. We had a garden when I was growing up, too. But What do you think has been the most successful plant to grow in your garden? Oh, mm. tomatoes. We had really good potatoes and like jalapeno peppers. Ooh. What about the seeds that like didn't work out? Which ones are hard to grow for you guys? Mm. Uh, Corn was always hit and miss. Yeah, because it gets eaten by deer so much. <laughs> um, that, I've never had any luck with carrots. Although I can't say I've ever tried <laughs> I don't know how you look, but I'm betting zero for zero. Cabbage. I've never had a single look with like cabbage or lettuce either oh, one. See, we Your did. brother, man, he yeah. grew a, a metric it's ton. All, it's all about the mound you put it on. Mm. So you dig the mound and you flatten it off. Oh, you know what I've never been successful with? What's that? Bird seed. <laughs> It's never that, is, that is not true. We have planted plenty of bird seed, and it has sprouted into little plants. Oh, to little birds? <laughs> not to little birds. The the cats sit under it though, and they guard that like the bird seed on the ground. We're just waiting for a bird to come down and get it. So, welcome to the author podcast, <laughs> where we honor God and things that He does. I'm with Ben. Six minutes of nothing is what we just did. <laughs> Tina and Hunter here. Um, we're going to be talking, like Ben said, about the parable of the sower, and where he thinks he gets a leg up on me, but he really doesn't because he's so short. Um, then oh, that's a treat. <laughs> so, but before we do all that nice bickering that you all come to listen, um, what has God done for us this week? Oh, man. So, Benjamin, as always, you go first. I go first. You know what's funny is I don't really have... Well, yeah, I do. I, I do. But it's it's something that people wouldn't necessarily think is something God did for me this week. Dina, this is not just because you're sitting here. Um, so, the Lord gave us uh, a bunch of snow days this week. It was very nice. It was very nice. It was one of those things where... Right before, you know, the whole semester kicks off, you know, Chi Alpha was supposed to start this week. But right before the whole semester starts off, instead, we got a week of snow days where I had to go into work some. But I also got to spend almost an entire week with my lovely wife without, I mean, like, other than work, you know, and stuff. But, like, I even got to work from home some. Like, it was awesome. Like, I just got to spend so much time with her. I fixed my sink. <laughs> Finally, we have never had a sink that did not leak from the time that we moved into our house until now. I know you all even didn't <clears throat> want to come hang out with us and play card games. And, and we were spending time. Well, we were spending time together. We also didn't feel real good that day. Mm. Um, we were afraid we'd transfer the funk to everybody. Yeah. Um, but man, just spending time with my wife the whole week was, I, I don't know. I mean, we didn't do a whole lot. Like we weren't like you know, like we didn't stare into each other's eyes lovingly the entire time, but it was nice just to spend a whole lot of time with I made with some her. really good cookies for him. Oh man. They were made out of cashews and awesomeness. Did I don't you know. Say cat shoes? Cashews. <laughs> cashews. You know, the nut. I um, swear was, you said cashews. It was like cashews and. It's cashews and um, uh, unsweetened coconut flakes, dark chocolate chips and sweetened condensed coconut milk. And basically, you just mix those four ingredients together, scoop it out like you would cookie dough, because it mildly looks like some sort of cookie dough concoction without the flour. And then as it bakes, you do have to spread it out kind of far, um, but it comes out as this like caramelized cookie chunk thing. It's, it's the bomb. It's actually, yeah, not too bad. You find, you find out the rest straight. of the recipe on Martha Stewart's podcast right down the street. It's straight up delicious. No, that's it. That's the whole recipe. Oh, well, yeah, never mind. Straight really up delicious. Um, we had good food, but we just we just got to spend a lot of time together. And it was really good for us. So, anyway, nice. I loved I loved it. Dina's going to be like, let me tell you what God didn't do for me this week. <laughs> I just spent all this weird time with my husband. <laughs> well, I wouldn't blame her. Dina? So I'm going to kind of go back a little bit farther than the, well, no, because, yeah. So the Saturday before the week of snow <laughs> um, was my last KSOM class, Kentucky School of Ministry class. And um, we, so one of the guys that uh, has kind of been buddies with Ben and a couple of the other people, uh, it was his birthday 
the month before, which we didn't have a class in December. And so he was talking to Ben and Ben's like, Hey, we should bring you a treat or something. And he was like, well, I've been hearing about your wife's brownies from like everybody at your church. So I want her to make me some brownies. So I made two pans because there's like lots of people there. I made two pans of brownies and because, um, or no, I went home and made them. We didn't, we had school on Friday. So, um, I went home, baked as fast as I could, and uh, we took them so they were hot. I even packed them in my little insulated thingy-mabobber so they would be hot. And uh, everybody's like, oh, cool, brownies. And, of course, like, they all went nuts over my brownies. And um, our uh, teacher for the week was talking about um, going out and... uh, evangelizing and you know doing the work of the lord and it was so cool like he just looks at me and goes uh you know her pan of brownies could how did he say it ben uh basically i have it written down in my notebook but my notebook isn't here with me yeah he was talking about evangelism and how your pan of brownies could do more for the kingdom of god than him as a pastor um you know necessarily preaching like because you could bake a pan of brownies, invite people to come over to the house and watch the chosen. Cause he was, he loves the chosen. This guy did. And he's like, you could get more out of that and invite, you know, just like some random person who won't come to a church. So they won't come to hear me preach, but man, they'll come to your house for those brownies. And what was so crazy about that is, I don't know if you remember like two years ago ish, has it been two years? I think so. Oh, since the uh, Women of Joy conference, the first one that I went to, um, where one of the speakers just stopped what she was saying and. In the middle of the whole congregation. Yeah, there's like, like a whole conference. 10,000 or more women at this conference. She just stops what she's saying. She goes, I feel like the Lord is telling me something about. And she basically says, like, um, you're a person, which I was kind of feeling like, I don't know. It was a weird time. I was just feeling like I didn't have a purpose at my church. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, go back and listen to that episode of the podcast. But um, what he was saying, you know, that people might come just for the brownies was almost exactly what she had said as well. And she verbatimly like described my brownie pan, which is a very specific looking pan that I've never seen anywhere else so and my aunt got it for me um from a place that she used to work at so it was I don't know it was just kind of cool like God was like we're still working (laughs) so her her brownies are okay (laughs) Next week, it'll be the Altered Podcast with Ben and Dina. <laughs> That's for the football headache you gave me. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're just fine. I'm pretty sure we have a friend, in okay. K- Casey, who is in a wheelchair. I'm convinced that those brownies are going to make her get up and walk. <laughs> we just watch every time she eats. <laughs> yeah, we're like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so this week, man, it's just... Uh, we had some crazy stuff going at work. <laughs> We had some, uh, I don't have much patience in the world, <laughs> so uh, I, I, the listeners who've listened for 69 episodes now are like, what? No, not no, Is this our 69th episode? It yeah. is. <gasps> I don't know. They're this like, was cool. They're, they're like, well, you have all the patience in the world, Hunter. You deal with Dina every week. But They uh, don't say that. What? No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but uh, no, so it's just a lot of things happened this week, and I have been... I think Ben can even say this in the last year, trying to do better with patience. Yeah. I I will also say not just work things, but there like several things you've dealt with a lot over the past year. And I do think that you're getting better with the patient side of the house. He's getting better. He's getting better. I'm I'm proud of you. You've really done well. uh, Yes. So this week I feel like I have exercised my patience. So nobody mess with me. (laughs) I need to rest. His patience <laughs> muscles are sore. Like very much so. Yeah. Because I'm like, one more push, I'm jumping off the cliff. <laughs> but uh, no, I, it is, but it, I think, though, I think, but honestly, another thing that helps is reading our Bible every evening. Um, just in our Bible reading plan. And just these things help reset the day, reset and realign. Um, so 
we are having fun with yeah. that. Cool. Speaking of Bible, your Bible reading, let's talk about your Bible reading for just a second. How's it going? You and Jessica? Well, I know y'all are doing it as a as a very couple. I had that at the end. <clears throat> Huh? Oh, it's funny. I put it after banter. You put it at the end. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, we have a plan. We do. Oh. Yeah, there's a whole plan. So, okay. Um, but So for the Bible reading this week, I, oh, I'll hone in on one verse, but yes, I'll tell you how it's going. Um, the Bible reading is amazing. Um, sometimes we're so exhausted after work. I've been getting up super early, and she's been working late these last couple of days. And so it's not something that we want to do mm-hmm. when we get home, but it's something we make ourselves do. Yeah. And it's just still so nice. Um, sometimes it feels like a chore. I'm like, let's do this so we can just <laughs> move on with the evening. But I expected that to happen sometimes. Sometimes we'll, we'll really enjoy it. Sometimes you just won't. Um, but something you have to make yourself do, which I think is good that we have it's still been consistent. We haven't missed one night. Um, she did read to me because I was so tired. <laughs> I was just like, I was talking like a very quiet voice. I was just so tired. And she was reading to me, um, and I fell asleep <laughs> halfway through her reading. Mm. She's like, I literally read you asleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> the soulful sounds of Jessica Deal. <laughs> but so I had to get up the next morning and reread the last because. It was like one of our, one, the one that was four. She read all four for me. It was very nice. But uh, yeah, I was just so tired. <laughs> but um, I think my honing in is I, and Ben's going to laugh when I say this, um, I really enjoyed um, one, the repentance of Job. Uh-huh. I think that was just awesome how we finish off that. Um, and I'm just going to say this just to point this out too after uh, this in a minute. But so Job was awesome. Uh, I really. I did not realize how much I would suffer through Job, <laughs> but um, at the end, it made it all worth it, just mm-hmm. his repentance, because God just kind of gives them a couple, like a, like a one-two, and, you know, kind of hits him with some truth, and Job is like, okay, you're right, I'm out, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, which is nice, that we can be in agony, we can even quote, we can even throw up um, empty incorrect phrases to God and God still accepts our repentance. Um, and then two, I really enjoyed the story of Jacob and Esau. And so we're still going through that. <laughs> As Ben cracks up the, yep. the nice, beautiful election of them too. The Calvinisty ways <laughs> of Hunter loves Jacob. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, I love Job as well. I learned some stuff about Job. I thought I had that book down. <laughs> and then I was reading through Job again this time, and I never realized that Job was just as much in the wrong as all of his friends. I always, I don't know, I feel like I've read Job a couple times, and I always read it as at the end, you know how God tells um, Job's three friends to make a sacrifice, but to take it to Job for Job to make the sacrifice through. I always thought that meant that Job was 100% right in everything he said. But man, I was reading through like Job's comments this time, and I'm going, like something in me was just like, there's something wrong with what he's saying. There's just something. And then I get to the end. And I always thought that that Eliphaz, the last guy, mm-hmm. um, was included in the, hey, you're so dumb. But it turns out that he's God the, never addresses Eliphaz. He's the only one that was right. He was the only one that was right, yeah. And and Job, um, except for like that first little bit where he's like, shall we accept good things from God and not bad things too? Like other than that. Job is wrong the whole book and he's calling God out. He's like, if I could just tell God, but nobody can about how I've been done unjustly. Hmm. And then God comes back and he's like, listen, buddy. And he just blows him away with animals and yelling out of the whirlwind. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. Like, and I never realized that Job was wrong the entire time. And Eliphaz is the only one who's right. I heard a really interesting theory that Eliphaz uses a lot of personal pronouns. When he speaks, everybody else, if you read through Job, and I don't know how accurate this is, I have to go back and verify, but somebody said that they thought that Eliphaz may be the one who read, who wrote the book mm. because he uses so many personal pronouns where everybody else kind of use, like, it's almost like somebody's writing for them of what they said. Mm. Um, and what you see when you read Eliphaz's comments is that they're very detailed and everything kind of goes together where the rest of them kind of sound like it's something that somebody listened to and then wrote. It's like three chapters of his exact words. Of, yeah. yeah, his exact words. And so I don't know. I need to go back and look at that again but that made so much sense and so anyway there was all this stuff that i learned from El- from not El- well from eliphaz but also from job um just in general that i, that I just it, this helped me a lot just reading through it sequentially like this um and then 
Um, man, going back to Genesis, gosh, they put the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> like you've got, you know, it's just, uh, we like, were, how can this get worse? Ah, yeah. there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna just, uh, we're gonna destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. And uh, you've got the whole circumcision thing right before that, and then it's Sodom and Gomorrah, and then it's um, Lot, and Lot's like. Let me just run to this little town, and then they call it Little Town because anyway, um, it's a little town. And then um, you know, like they end up fleeing up into the mountains, which uh, what the angels told them to do, anyways. And then his daughters are like, "We need to carry on our line." And I'll just, if you've been reading, you know what I'm talking about. Comes next, and just it was just like uncomfortable thing after uncomfortable thing after uncomfortable thing. And I'm just reading it, going, "Wow!" Like if you're literally anybody on the planet and you're trying to make up a religion, there's no way that you would put all that stuff all right. in there. As for someone who hasn't read this, like, into this detail in the book yeah. in a while, yeah. I read it with my jaw hitting the floor. I yeah. Thought, You're like, oh, oh, my yeah, gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah. That is not the Sunday school version I heard. <laughs> Nobody put that on a flannel graph for me. <laughs> <clears throat> Praise God. So, anyway, um, yeah, it was just, it was, man, I'm going back through it, and I'm like, wow. Like, it just reminds you of all the craziness. <clears throat> Dana? For me, like, so... Sometimes you'll hear people try to reason with God and you're like, how dumb are they? But then you'll look back and uh, they were trying to reason with God and the angels and be like, uh, please, please, let's do this instead. Here's the reasons why. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we've been doing that since the beginning of time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Playing, let's make a deal with God. And right. he's yeah. just like, so dumb. And, and Abraham I've been even argues to that point. Like he argues so much. And he's like, yeah. not 50, 45. God's like, yeah, all the way down. Cause you're not going to find the number that you're looking for. Do you ever get like a sense that Abram's like, okay, there's a lot. And he's got like three daughters. <laughs> so that's four. And they have, I'll have to have husbands, so that's you know that's that's seven. So let's just do ten because I'm pretty sure I can find. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like okay, all of Lot's families at least got to be at least ten people at this point. He's got to have ten people and some servants. He's probably reached for the well, even though that wasn't the gospel at the time. You know what I mean? Like, right? I feel like that's what he's doing until he gets to ten, and God's like, "All right, we're gonna go destroy the place." Bye bye. <laughs> anyway, sorry. sorry. So, yeah. and I've been listening to mine being read aloud because that's just a different way than I've ever had it done before because usually I'm just reading it for myself. So I'm like reading along with it. And so sometimes like I have, I printed off that little bookmark. And so whenever it gets close to like my break time or my lunch time, sometimes I've been doing it at work. Well, I've recently discovered that that's not a great idea. So because, um, so this week the students haven't been at school because of the snow and all of that, but I did have two days I had to go in. And so, um, the heat broke in the library. I think I've <laughs> talked about it before. Anyway, Every one, podcast. yeah. <laughs> so the first, uh, NTI day, um, it was 20 degrees started off in the library. And so of course all the pipes froze for the water lines. And so, I'm starting to listen to this as I'm wrapping up my blind date books because I needed just something to listen to because otherwise all I was hearing was those space heaters. And so I was like, you know what? I could be listening to this right now. So I'm listening to it, but I know that they're up in the ceiling somewhere. And I'm like, what are they going to think if they have no context about what I'm listening to <laughs> and just hear about, you know, uh, getting their dad drunk and, you know, that laying down and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is, let's, let's just save this for uh, at home. <laughs> <laughs> this is spicy. We need to listen to this by ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that was the reading. The reading was cool. It's also, yeah, you're like, Ooh, buddy. So anyway, so, um, now time for Luke chapter eight. So if you're driving, please do not flip along because you probably will die. True that. And the ultra podcast is not responsible for any of those damages. <clears throat> but Dina, we're going to be reading Luke eight verses four through 15. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. 
And he said these things. He called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So if it was ears, do you think it was corn? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Yep. Good reading. Good job. So the parable of the sower is one of these that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 8. You see it in other um, gospels as well. And Luke chapter 8 is really kind of the the very condensed version of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew, but the Luke version. And so one of the things that you see is is this parable of the sower. And as, as Jesus starts out, he says, it says that when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he starts teaching in parables, which he did often. Um, and then what we see in verse 9 is that, uh, you know, Jesus says to you, it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they're in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And so Jesus is going to kind of give that statement. Um, and, you know, people, uh, it's Calvinists celebrate this, that part of it, but, you know, people, a lot of times are like, well, why did they, could they not understand? What's the whole point? You know, and if nothing else, um, you know, what we know is that, um, you know, Jesus talks about the fact that they, they killed the prophets that came before, like John the Baptist, for instance. Um, they, they killed John the Baptist. Um, they're going to kill him too. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, if nothing else, if they know who Jesus is, um, you know, maybe there are some people who wouldn't have him crucified. Or, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why this could be. Um, but what we know is that God in his sovereignty, I, there you go, Hunter. I said it. God in his sovereignty wow. does this thing where um, he doesn't want all of the people of those day, of that day to, to hear these parables and understand everything. But for the disciples in particular, he's going to go on and later explain it. So we do have the parable of the sower for us, and we get the explanation as well. Um, praise God that we get to see what the, the um, disciples got to hit to see as well. And so, yeah. That's kind of, that's the start of it for me. Um, and then it goes on and he says, a sower went out to sow his seed. Um, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. Now what, Hunter, what is the seed that is sowed? The gospel. It is the gospel. It is the word of God um, that uh, is given to us. And so this guy, sower, whoever that sower may be, um, and I've heard it preached a whole bunch of different ways. Are you a sower? Are you a goer? Anyway, um, you know, this guy's going to go out and he's going to start sowing the seed, which is the word of God. And so it says that as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. Now, what does Jesus end up talking about there? That it's being trampled out. That... I was not listening to part of what you said, so that's my bad. I, I, I got hung up on, uh, what was he tweeting about? Uh, but if I'm following your points here, it's some will never get it. Yeah, right? That's yeah. your point, is that they, um, <clears throat> it isn't the one that the birds come and swoop and devour it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so it, verse 11, he says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Right. So the devil steals the word of God from their hearts, yeah. which is an interesting, like, if you just try to sit here and internalize that, it's crazy. Yeah. So the preaching of the gospel is done to someone and the devil swoops in and takes it. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like 
sometimes people think going out and preaching the gospel is easy. It's not just like growing seeds is not easy. At my dad's house, uh, we recently like tried to plant a big garden. And the first year that we did it, you know, we planted some seeds. Some of them started coming up. The plants looked really good. And the deer came along and ate them. So then the next year we were like, okay, so um, Ben's not hunting the deer. So we got to do something about these deer. And so (laughs) um, they they hide away from him during hunting season. Um, so we found this, uh, orange construction. Yeah. Like the, you know, the, the, like the plastic fencing they put up around orange, like around construction sites, not orange construction sites, but just regular construction sites. Yeah. We found it at Menards. And so, uh, we put that around the, uh, the garden. And even though it looks slightly hideous and slightly like a construction site, it actually keeps the deer away. Yeah, it flops in the wind, and they try to jump over it, and they get caught in it and stuff. My gr- I think my grandma, now this might be a little weird, would take pee, human uh, urine. Oh, yeah. Right, and put it like in a bucket, dip rags down, and tie it on wire around the garden, which would keep deer away. Yeah, makes sense. I'd always be like, what's those rags? Dad's like, don't touch that. Don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've heard of people doing that with their hair. They'll cut their hair and then they'll sprinkle the shavings of their hair, you know, oh, all around the outside of their garden. Interesting. But, but then know. you still have to worry about the birds. You do. Yeah, so. you do. Um, so the question is, and this is not a Calvinistic trap, uh-huh. I promise. Uh-huh. That's all right. Um, but it is. No, I'm just kidding. But so is. is there a way, uh-huh. um, and I don't know the answer to this, is there a way that we can guard, help guard people to, from having the devil snatch this seed from their heart. So, okay, and, and that actually leads me back to something, because you, you have said, and it's not that I disagree with you, but slightly. Um, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> well, but no, 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 it's, it's not that. It's just that the Word of God, does it always have to be the gospel? No. So, good point. And that is, that is one of the points I heard someone teach once, and it was really life-changing for me, was they said, you know, so think about it this way. You go to church every Sunday. We do. We go to church. We listen to the word that is preached to us, and we love it. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 24. And we love it. And so, like, we're, um, you know, we're, we're there, and how many times have you left the service that day and you wait a couple hours, and somebody says, hey, what was church about? And you go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so one of the ways that you can combat this is, and it, it doesn't always have to be just the gospel, but, you know, obviously, hopefully you're, you're hearing a gospel message on Sundays. But also, hopefully, you're just hearing the word of God preached in your churches. Right. And so, you know, a lot of times, and this is what this pastor said, is instead of going home and totally forgetting about the message, maybe you should after church. Think about, okay, if somebody's going to ask me, what did you hear today? What would you say? And it helped me, like, not only just in general, but it helped me internalize the message because I've played the game for a long time now. Okay, at the end of the message, usually there's like a point which, you know, there's this whole summation or something that, you know, whatever. And I'll play the game. Okay, if somebody were to walk up to me as soon as I walk out these doors and they say, hey, Ben, what did Pastor Chris just preach about? Because I wasn't in here today. I'll play the game of, okay, he talked about this and he talked about this. This was point number one. This was point number two. This was his main passage because I don't want Satan to come and steal the word of God out of my heart. I want it to do something in me um, because I believe that the word of God is effectual and it will change me forever. Right. And so that's what I want. And so I'll sit there and I'll play that game. Okay, I heard this and I heard that. Um, So one thing you can do is you can play that game with yourself. You can play that game with your family. Let's say you all go to church together. Ask your kids, hey, what, what was that all about today? And, and tell each other, hey, you know, I, you know, there's this thing in the message. If you talk about the message, it is much, much less likely to be snatched out of your heart because you'll be thinking about it. Right. So that's one of the things. Well, and I agree with you that it is the word of God. Um, I was actually, I think I sent it to you, the Westminster Confession. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Ben, read this. It's like 55,000 pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, buddy. And I mean, it's not just 55,000 pages. It's 55,000 pages. And those people were intelligent. So it's right. big words. It's also, it's not an easy read. I've read that like eight or so times just trying to wow well because i you know like i don't understand half of it so it's like i gotta try to get this down well i skipped these 30 pages so i guess i I should probably go back and read. i remember though one of the points is the seed of god Mm. Mm. and so i looked it up while we was that's why i wasn't listening in one of your points so i was looking up the westminster confession Ah. and it says it describes the word of god and 
really it talks about the preaching of the word being the spreading of the seed. Yeah, it's scattered. Right. Yeah. So is that, and I was like, um, and he even calls it a means of grace. But um, I was just like, oh, that was interesting that, so you, like, yeah, you're right. It is the preaching of the word and the, the word of God and like directly. Yeah. So it doesn't always have to be the gospel. Mm-hmm. In this case, it probably is. Um, well, but yeah, probably. still contextually, it probably is, but you still need water and nutrients. So there's lots of stuff being done <clears throat> besides just yeah the word. Yeah. So, so yeah. verse 13 and the ones on the rock and those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while in time of testing and fall away. Hey, okay. Could you read that again? Just one more time for me. <laughs> Do you really want me to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the ones on the rock and those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They what? They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. Ah. Oh, it's like music to my ears. <laughs> Ben Did loves you hear it, that, Hunter? Ben loves it when people fall away. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like, Ben, uh, for people who don't know what you're No, 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 okay. I, that's not music to my ears. I don't want people to fall away. <laughs> Ben's like, I love it. It's just, <laughs> I love when people, when people fall away from the triune God. And, that's and, more room for me in heaven. <laughs> my mansion's getting bigger. Oh no. Um, no, what that means is I just, because Hunter ascribes to his Calvinist doctrines, literally, this, this is a trump card. Jesus, Jesus, the son of God, the one who is the word just said that people will believe and then will fall away in times of testing. Yes, the root is not very deep, but they still had a root. Number one. Number two, Jesus says they believe. Number three, he says they fell away. But these have no root, so they have none at all. They grew. It says that, um, let's see, some fell on the rock, and as it grew, it withered away because it had no moisture. But these have no root. And then it says... So they have to have a root in order to be a plant. When I heard the word, they received joy. have you ever seen a plant that is growing on a rock? And it doesn't mean that they have no root. It means that they have little root. It says these have no root. Um, Okay, it says they have no root, yes. They, They can't grab on... Onto the soil, but Dina, you're right. They have to have. A they root. have some root, but when you pull them up, they have like just these little teeny tiny like white roots that and, are really just terrible. Yes. And did Jesus say they believe? Yes. Okay. And did he say they fall away? Yeah. So guess what? People can believe. <laughs> I feel like I'm on an interrogation <laughs> and fall away. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yes or no? A question, sir. All I'm saying is I was right. No, I don't think so. The Bible literally says the words they believe and fell away. The Bible also clearly says predestination and elect and you don't Jesus Jesus I ascribe to both of those, just not in the way that you do. <laughs> but Jesus literally said they believe yeah. and then they fell away. So I mean just looking at it here, um I think I and here's my take of it and without Ben yelling at me for a minute. Let me pull back up the plan. I would just like to say, I was right. I don't think You so. can admit it. It's fine. Um, I think that... It'll be strong. It'll be good for your patience. Uh, <laughs> I am practicing patience all the time. <laughs> um, I think that clearly uh, this is teaching that we, we would know that the people around Luke here, um, around Jesus here, have seen multiple followers of Christ, uh, Bill, right? Follow. There'd be people who listen in, they seem to be followers, and then they kind of... Dissipate, right? They kind of just go away. So I think Jesus here is explaining to them and to us now: people who look like followers are they're going to they're going to fall away. They're going to go away. They have no root because that's what it says here. But they have no root, and they believe for a while that they 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 would tell people, "I subscribe to this belief." I yeah, and just like people who would subscribe, and we hear this all the time too. Yeah, I follow the Dave Ramsey plan, and then the car breaks down. Right, and then they, whenever they don't have the emergency fund or they don't have this thing, they just ditch it because they didn't. It didn't take root in their life. They didn't do anything that actually showed them value. So what they would say that they trusted in or believed in, they didn't have it affect their life. It mean in no way because there is no root. But these have no root. It says they believe. So before their car broke down, would they have been true Dave Ramsey followers? I would say no, probably not, because they're practicing it until what Dave Ramsey says, until Murphy comes around. And if anybody who knows Murphy or, and or knows the Bible uh, with Christians, times of trial will come. They may not be right now, but it will come. And that's the true test of to see who's a true Christian is who will actually keep the faith. 
that's why we persevere to the end. And that is true. You do have to persevere to the end. It's it is a it is a thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> it also says they believe in. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> but anyway. So yeah. So you have the second group. You have, and it's funny. You have four groups here. Um, and Jesus talks about the fact that the kingdom of God, you know, it, there's, it's, it's, it's narrow the way to salvation. The, the, is it say the way to life or a way to salvation? Well, Either way, Jesus says one of the two. And he says, and few find it. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, broad is the path uh, that leads to destruction. And many will find that. And so it's interesting that you have four different groups here. And really, you have one that, that you would call successful believers, Right. Um, so, yeah, it would appear that the road to salvation, just like Jesus says, is narrow and it is harder um, to find. And if you well, find and it. And you have many things that's going to cause the word to fail, right? The, the, the gospel or the word of God to not take root. You're going to have the word doesn't fail. Yeah. But uh, it does exactly what it's intended to, you know, every time, in my opinion. Um, but you do have things that Jesus is like, listen, the, the, when you, when you go do these, this work, this is what the, one of the four things that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Either they're going to convert or they're going to act converted and not be, or they're going to, or they're going to convert and fall away. <laughs> that's what I just meant. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the devil's going to steal it from their heart or they're going to be choked out by the cares of the world. And that's what we're going into now because I'm just getting unproven been wrong. Um, we'll move on to the verse 14. <laughs> Or you could just believe what the Bible just said. Anyway, verse 7 and 14. And some fu- some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And so what does 14 say? Oh, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. Hmm. That's good. So have you ever been in that place? In your Christian walk, where it seems like the wor- the worries and the cares and the pleasures of life choke out the word in you? Oh, sure. And it's just like Chris was saying today. Um, sometimes I think we love this life too much mm-hmm. and don't want Jesus to come back. We would almost be like, it's all right, God, you don't have to come back today. Um, it's because we just we don't put everything in an eternal perspective. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting here is it doesn't say that they have rotten fruit. It says that their fruit does not mature. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't get enough sunlight. And thorns, like at my dad's house, he has these blackberry thorn bush things. And if you've ever dealt with them, you know how much of a hassle that they really are. Um, But you'll have a few of them pop up in your field and you're like, eh, you know, there's a few of them. We're not going to worry about cutting them down. And about two weeks later, bam, they're like everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And the problem is if you don't cut them then... Like the, the branches of them get so thick that you can't just cut them. Like right. it's, it really becomes a hassle. Um, and so, yeah, th- this one, this one in particular really kind of gets me. Um, <clears throat> when you, when you think about the thorns that choke out the fruit, um, when you think about the thorns that like, that choke out the fruit of, um, the word in your life, like there was a, a time not terribly long ago when it would just seem like I had no interest in scripture and like, and I can't say that, I guess I had an interest in scripture. I don't know. Like you just wasn't on fire. Like you normally are. Honestly, no, no, the more I think of it, the more I think that really like I would read it. Um, I would study it, but there was just this thing that every time I would, it was like, I got nothing out of it, Mm -hmm. which is really what this is talking about. The fruit didn't mature. Right. And so, and like my prayers were very shallow and, the, and it wasn't anything that like I intentionally was doing, but it just, and I think it, it they kind of went hand in hand there for a while. And I started realizing that, that my every waking moment was consumed by something not sinful, just worldly, right? Like just the, the pleasures and the cares of life. There were, you know, like I was, it was around Christmas time, which is the funny part. And I was thinking about Christmas presents and I was thinking about you know, just all the things that were coming up and the excitement for this, the season. But even that, mm-hmm. which is funny because Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. Even that kind of choked out like the, the deep centeredness of the word. And so I let something that is good take me away from the thing that was most important. Right. I, thought that was, I thought that was interesting on the backside of it. And this verse came to mind. 
Yeah, so ultimately, just you are entangled by the weights of the world, right? And so if you try to swim, <laughs> swim up, get thrown in a pond, right, and you're tangled up, it's really hard to keep afloat. It's kind of like quicksand. <gasps> quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can I mean, just imagine, like, you may be able to retain water uh, or tread water for retain water. You may be able to retain water. <laughs> <laughs> well hydrated. That's how you swell. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, but you, yeah, you tread water for a while, but eventually you'll, you'll get tired and sink. Yep. And that's the point is that, what are you doing? What you, and what are we doing to try to fix that? And I think it's just being um, everything that we've already talked about, being ready to keep on pressing on reading your Bible and keep on pressing on praying. And But I think you also have to be careful of the good things in your life, mm-hmm. that they don't remove you from the best things. Well, and good things can turn into bad things. Yeah. It, it's really weird when... Like I'll I'll be talking to some people, you know, and I'll be kind of working them through the discipleship process, and they're like, their life is awful, and they're like, I just want more of God, I just want it, you know. And they're like, they'll pray, and they'll read, and they'll they're like texting you Bible verses, and they're like, dude, did you see this thing? And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And then it's like the the bad thing goes away, and like they'll be like, man, life is so great right now, and you won't hear from them, and you're like, hey, did you read and pray today? They're like, no, not really. What? Like when your life was bad, you were like freaking out and like you read scripture every day. And now that life is good, like God gets you out of that really horrendous thing. And now you're just like, I don't care anymore. You know, and I think it's this, the worries and the cares and the pleasures. Well, how does it say it? It says the cares, the riches and the pleasures of life choke the thing out. You know, like Jesus talks about like the the rich man and how hard it is for a rich, a rich man to come to Uh, faith like to come to repentance and so i just think we have to be careful that good things don't take us away from the best things and i've been there myself so i'm just telling you i'm warning you as a brother who's already been there done that and got the t-shirt don't do what i did and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold as as he said these things he called out he who has ears to hear let them hear ah corn (laughs) (laughs) corn Uh, (laughs) such beautiful <laughs> As for that, the, in the good soil, they are those who are hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Yep. Those so, who have ears, let them hear. Yep. So what is that fruit that it's talking about? Um, corn. <laughs> oh, corn! <laughs> we just what? talked about this bit. <laughs> yeah. You just said it while I was reading. I know. What is wrong with me? No, like, so what is, when it says that we bear fruit, that, that yields a hundredfold, what, what does that mean? What is, I think I've heard you say this before, so I don't know if this is where you're going, but is it the fruit of the spirit? Is that what you would say? It could be. I was actually, my mom was going somewhere else, but I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I think that's I've, a great point. Yeah. You made it. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think, I wasn't thinking about that, but that's, that's a good Good thought. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. Which is the evidence of salvation. Which is the evidence of salvation, yep. I think that's all good. Um, you know, if you think about it from a, just a purely seed standpoint, so you get the, the, the seed sown and it grows into fruit. And then what is the thing about fruit? It has its seed in it. And so the fruit falls off and makes other plants that didn't grow up and make mm-hmm. their own fruit. And so, you know, one could talk about discipleship there and making disciples who then make disciples who then make disciples. It reminds me of that time when we first got married, uh, I decided I was going to grow strawberries. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't decide it. It kind of just like, you know how you're walking through a store and you find a great deal and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. So Ben let me go into Walmart by myself and I was going to buy a few plants for the front of our house. And I stumbled upon these like huge box of strawberry plants that were like dying. She came back with the most pitiful looking plants. I mean, they were basically like I only little paid like nothing. Like five bucks or something for like this huge flat of plants. <laughs> Looked like a dragon had attacked the thing, and it was all like burnt to a crisp. I and was like, Ben's "What like, is this?" These are not going to make it, and I said, "No, it's going to work." I got Miracle Grow. I got all this other stuff. Like, it's going to work. So I plant them, and I babied them, and I babied them, and I babied them. And let me tell you what, those suckers like. <laughs> grew and it wasn't until like two years ago when we had that really bad ice storm that they they all just ended up 
was about to make no. a joke, and Dina's like, they're still alive today. But really, they almost made it. <laughs> yeah, they did. They they died out just a, like a year ago. But, man, like that first year, you know, like you grow strawberry plants, and you don't get anything off of it. And then the second year, they come back, and then it's like, little strawberries, they're all cute. And, you know, they're like the size of, like, your pinky nail. You know, they're like really, really tiny. And then the third year, they start getting bigger and bigger, you know. And so, yeah, man, they were making some really nice strawberries, and then, you know, ice storm. But You know, I think that it's just that – as for that in the good soil. Yeah. Right. So what is the good soil? Mm. A receptive heart. Yep. And that those who are hearing the word, hold it fast. Yeah. And in, and honest and a good heart. Mm-hmm. And bear fruit with patience. Yep. So I see this as, yes, a mature Christian, somebody who's going to grow in maturity, and then they're going to do exactly the Great Commission, mm-hmm. that they are going to go share the gospel make, and make disciples and do all their things. And um, we see that uh, <clears throat> we see Christ really you know, hold us to the end, because I think this is the point he's trying to make. <laughs> Is that this is where we're trying? Like, this is where we want to be. <laughs> this is the area of growth here. Um, we see everything else that's negative, but let's end on the positive, and say this is where I want. This is where my disciples are, right? Or, or, go, or on their growth to be. They've heard the word. It stuck with them. They're here. They're not going to fall away, <coughs> except for Judas. And uh, um, he's the he's the uh, verse thirteen one. <laughs> and. Uh, um, yeah, but they, they grow in the maturity. Yeah. Yeah, one of the verses that kind of came to mind for me was Dina just made a face. So I'm really excited to see what she's about to talk about. Um, but one of the, the verses... <laughs> has is, nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, one of the verses that stick out to me, um, John the Baptist in John 3 says, he's talking about people who come out and they're being baptized by him. And he says, uh, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And so one of the things that... Um, um, that really kind of sticks out to me is that <clears throat> with John the Baptist anyway, is, you know, he's like, Hey, you need to keep this repentance thing going. Don't just let it die out in your life, but rather make sure that you are, um, you know, you're sticking with it, right? You're st- kind of sticking with the faith, so to speak. And so that's kind of the last thing for me is, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the discipleship aspect of it and the fruit of the spirit. And I think if you do all those things, you'll, you'll bear fruit in keeping with repentance, mm-hmm. um, keeping the faith. So yeah, it's important to persevere to the end. You're right. So Ben, well, we'll do this cause you just got done talking. Dina, last 10%. I'm kind of laughing because every time I hear the word bear fruit, all I can imagine is this cute, like, yogi bear carrying around a basket full of strawberries. Hey, yogi. <laughs> you want some fruit? Anyway, sorry. That's that was, little bear. I thought that's what you said. Oh, no, you said yogi. Yogi, hey, not boo boo. <laughs> you want a bigger dick basket? Yeah, that one. You can cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> he does such a good boo-boo, though. Hey, Hunter. Yeah. No, that's Yogi. What are you boo-boo's talking about? the little one. That was the voice. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's boo-boo. boo-boo. Yeah, that's boo-boo. Yogi. I'm gonna start it's like, that's such a weird voice. Why is, why is uh, boo-boo? I'm gonna you start and calling Hunter, you Yogi. And boo-boo. No, we are not calling me Boo Boo. I'm calling you Boo Boo. It's not happening. Hey, Boo Boo. Yogi, you better hush over there. Anyway, but what that would be a about? fantastic podcast. What is your last ten percent? Is that what you're talking about? It can be, but um, so just with gardening and with spreading the gospel and making sure that you have good roots reading your Bible, surrounding yourself with good people uh, who are like-minded, finding a good church, doing the things you should be doing is going to help grow your roots so that you are stronger and will be able to produce the, you know, good fruit that will hopefully also, you know, hold those same values, go to church and then continue to spread the gospel going and going and going. That's cool. Ben? Well, I kind of got done saying my last 10% a minute ago. Yeah, I feel like you just did it. Yeah, the whole bear fruit and keeping repentance thing. Last thing I'll say then, I'll give you a a last little snippet. Last 2%. Last 2%. I think that in the Christian life, I think you need three things. 
and they can eat roots, shoots, and fruits. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. But it's true. You got to have a deep root. You got to have a shoot that grows up into a mature plant that then bears fruit that leads to. I feel like roots, shoots, and fruits should be the name of this podcast. Roots, shoots, and fruits. Maybe that's what we'll call it. I don't know. <laughs> Hunter, last 10%. Um, you should have just not let me. You should have just been like, cool, that was your last 10%. Yeah, Goodbye. I just not go ahead and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it's just restating the four points. Right? Some will never get it. Um, yeah. I mean, if you listen to me talk longer than five minutes, that's obviously a thing. Um, some will believe and fall away. <gasps> It's very true. It is. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sit over there, boo boo. <laughs> Shut up, boo boo. <laughs> um, but some will believe and fall away. And again, I don't take this as uh, true Christians falling away. I take because I think we see the true believer being a number four. Um, I think we see this as people who look to be believers but never have a good, strong faith. Um, just my take. And a lot of other people's, but it's a very 50 50 split. Very controversial. So don't believe and fall away. Just persevere to the end. Exactly. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. You'll be all right. Um, I think we're choked out by the cares of the world. Um, man, and we're especially starting to hit this election year <laughs> where this just seems like we all fall apart every four years. Everybody loses their mind. Um, and nobody wants to read their Bible, but they want to watch CNN or Fox News. Like that. Listen, guys, stay strong in the, in the word. Um, and don't let the cares of the, of money and, and stresses of life and family drama and all these other things keep you from the good things and or the, or the best thing. And don't let the good things, as Ben said, keep you from the best thing. Because so bad things can keep the stresses of the world, but also the good things that God has intended for us to enjoy, we can then make them idols and it keeps us away from um, the best thing. I was reading the Circle Trilogy, and I told Ben, I said, I'm just now on the second book. Out of all this time, but it's because I was enjoying it so much, I quit reading my Bible. And all my Bible reading time went to that book. And I keep going, it's such a good book. I can't wait for you to, I need you to get back and read this book again. <laughs> but part of me is also proud that Hunter is enjoying reading. Yeah. So, but, so now I'm back to reading the book, but I'm making sure that we're keeping Bible time a real thing. Um, and then lastly, there's true believers, right? So out of all this, all this negativity, we finally, finally see the true believer and what the true believer will actually do. Um, the one who, uh, has ears to hear. So that's my last 10%. Cool. And I didn't even expound on what ears to hear means in my point of view, but I did so good. You did well. <laughs> you did well. All right. Well, I think it's time for... Let's try that again. Hunter's random question. There you go. <clears throat> okay. Oh, no. He took his glasses <laughs> oh, off. Oh, Lord. Here oh, we go. This is pretty easy. All right. If you was on a deserted island and you could take one book of the Bible with you. Oh, just, just one just book. Just one book of the Bible. Oh. Like it was a sort of letter <laughs> and you could only take it with you. <clears throat> Which book would it be and why? That's a pretty good question because I just thought of that on the fly. I I think I know which one I would take. Go. Go. The book of Luke because it has the Christmas story in it. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. And Dina's favorite holiday is? Christmas. There you go. Oh, so the next one. <laughs> Dina's favorite holiday is always the next one. Whatever one's next. The next holiday is Valentine's. Valentine's and that will be her favorite. And then the next one after that will well, be Well, actually, like... technically, it's Groundhog Day. See? But... What? Like, Your yeah. favorite holiday is Groundhog Day. No! Like, you... Hunter says that the next holiday is always my favorite holiday. Oh. Yeah, so whatever's next is like, going to be your favorite holiday. I mean, Groundhog Day's cool, but like is picking it? up a groundhog out of a hole just isn't, you know. True. No. Poor p- p- uh, uh, Punks Tony. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben? <clears throat> I would take I would take Matthew. Um, really? <laughs> I would. I love Matthew. It's my favorite of the four Gospels. Well, no wonder you've loved church lately. Um, we've been, been in it for three years. We've been in it for three years. Um, I love Matthew. Matthew just does it for me. Um, it has the Old Testament. It has the New Testament. It has a Sermon on the Mount. Um, it has 
It has, I think, just about everything that you need to find is found in Matthew at some point or another. <sighs> and so for me, and I could only take one, I would take Matthew. I want to go real shocker here. Mine's going to be the Book of Romans. It's <laughs> um, a good one. Yep. Yeah, I, or AKA the Gospel of Paul, because um, he expounds on the gospel and what it means to be saved, and then he brings it to uh, the the two walks of life at the time: the Jews and the Gentiles, the people who are was uh, was when the lineage of the promised people and the people who are outside of that, and um, teaching them how Christ is um, not just uh, a nation of Israel Israelites anymore, but it's a, it's a nation of believers. Um, I see that you have theological truths there. I mean, I, I, you could almost call the book of Romans the constitution of the church. Um, and you want to preach on a healthy church, preach on the book of Romans. <laughs> and uh, um, I truly think that this is uh, the book that every church needs to go through um in a detailed manner so yeah good so thank you for listening to today's podcast um i don't know what next week's on we'll figure it out and isn't it gonna be what you're preaching about next sunday oh the parable of the ten virgins we don't know we'll see how okay. it feels yeah. um maybe um, we always decide like the day of, <laughs> like ten minutes before we actually sit down to Hunter. Was that your phone? Yeah, that was my phone. <gasps> Hunter, <laughs> I had to turn the sound back on to get Siri to work. <laughs> oh, and by the way, as we're doing this, the Detroit Lions are up thirty-one to seventeen towards the end of the podcast. So does that cool? mean that they're going to the Super Bowl, oh, no. or are they going to play another team to go they're to the Super play Bowl? The next team, which would mean whoever wins that game goes okay. to the Super Bowl. See, that's what I needed to know. I explained this twice. I hope that the Lions win because that would be a cat team. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening and see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the altered podcast join us next week for a brand new episode if you want to hear more about the altered podcast check out our facebook instagram page for updates and other cool content see you next week